0: Oh, TJ, thank you for joining me. I've been in this Zoom forever. I thought I was going to die in here.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I, I somehow lost my SD memory card which is strange because it just goes from my little recorder to my little laptop and back and forth all day i don't know maybe the dog mm-hmm. ate it who fucking knows but i mean it doesn't It never leaves my desk it's it's a freak
0: accident it's a freak accident we can i hope you throw your um mobile phone at your assistant later because uh, this is definitely not your fault
1: it's definitely not my fault and someone's getting a blackberry whipped at the side of their head like a <laughs> like a common nine volt battery
0: God, I need some 9 volts. Those have a nice weight to them. You know what I mean? That that feels like it's really going to do some damage if it hits the cranial. See, you get it. I get it. I, I've never had an assistant, but I love to throw stuff. So it's kind of mm-hmm. luckily. Luckily, I I understand the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. What's going on over there in Glendale, Chief?
1: We're just over here. It's actually been very gloomy. It rained yesterday.
0: It's it's absolutely killing my vibes.
1: do It'll be it'll be ninety one in a couple days. Don't worry. But um, I got some new. I got some new rugs from our rug man. Shout-outs to King Kennedy Rugs. I know, um, I know our boy. If you if you watched our video for matches fashion, where there was a rug on the floor, he was nice <laughs> enough. To, he was nice enough to provide that rug. But make sure you go to King Kennedy Rugs. But he blessed me. He makes these custom floor mats, or he sells them. They're they're vintage Afghan car rugs, and he sent over a couple yes. them as well as a, a nice tote bag that was made out of reclaimed
0: This tote bag is very nice so
1: you know i got i got i took the truck in got a little car wash i was playing with fire getting it washed on a rainy day but you know i figure maybe i can maybe i can get a little rain check I've never had a rain check for a car wash, but I kind of want to try it.
0: I bet they would do that. I mean, they would charge. No, you. I
1: mean, they you literally know, do can't. that. That's the whole point of a rain check. If if, it, if you get a car wash and then it rains within 24 hours, they give you uh, yeah,
0: yeah. in the 1950s. I, I don't think in in modern times.
1: Come on, it's true. It's true. Look into it, bro.
0: I don't look into stuff like that. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I just it's not it's not important. You're more than happy to, to pay into.
1: twice um, for God's mistake. Not he'll he'll he'll, he'll create love... the magic. He'll create the magic hour. <laughs> And he'll ruin it.
0: Yeah, I love I love that. It's not a problem at all for me.
1: It's it's like rain. It's like rain on your content creation day.
0: Well, I'm having a tough content creation day because OnlyFans is uh, unfortunately uh, banning sexually sexually explicit content.
1: Mm-hmm. It's that's fucking up your rev stream, isn't it?
0: It's uh, fucking up my rev stream. But I was also I was putting in the the MX number to get the Rachel Dolazel <laughs> subscription. Uh-huh but it, it, if it's going to be her reading poetry now or whatever i don't i don't really want it you, well, you know what i mean rachel I
1: rachel teased that you know like monday it's going to be like dog sitting videos tuesday it's going to be vegan recipes wednesday you know maybe she'll do a, an op-ed piece about what's going on in the middle east mm-hmm. and then sunday you might might see a titty is kind of what she was hinting oh, at oh
0: <laughs> i see so it's a big build-up to a titty-out Sunday, the Lord's she's, day. I
1: think she's just setting boundaries and expectations, which, if you ask me, I think that's healthy. Call me crazy, but yeah. she's letting you know that, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna see some titty, maybe, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's not why you're coming here. If that's the only thing that you're after, Jack, keep on stepping to the next creator. It's
0: actually insane though what they're doing because I mean, it's basically like they built this on the back of of sexually explicit content and now they're going to ban they it they built
1: this on the bare backs of <laughs> no i mean there's you got to unfortunately you got to see both sides and it, it comes down to oh shit kk just found my <laughs> fucking memory card was in the dog bed
0: so bean did eat the memory card this is why you have to get him the hermes dog bowl
1: yeah bean ate it and if bean had the hermes dog bowl was it hidden for
0: 1200 Yeah, I'll buy it. It's fine. I'll get okay.
1: it. If she, if she had that, then she, would, she wouldn't have so much anger and animosity towards my general direction.
0: Bean's a chick. I, that's my bad. Maybe Bean should start... Oh, you mean her? Maybe Bean should start an OnlyFans to pay for that dog bowl because there's no handouts <laughs> at the Stewart household. Something to think we about. We
1: are going to have to create create a OnlyFans specifically <laughs> for puppers and doggos. Because these dogs, they show a titty all day.
0: Yeah, they, it's nothing for them to pull. You know, one they have
1: out. multiple nipples, way more than I do.
0: We do have a guest today. Mm-hmm. Um, concluding, concluding our GQ week, we we had to get the big dogs on the horn, Jason. We had to call. We had to call Anna Wintour, ask for Will Welch's cell phone, and now we're luckily able to podcast with him here at How Long Gone Industries. And if you – I don't know if we ever released this information, but the only lost episode of How Long Gone was a Will Welch episode back in the early, early days of this podcast. I
1: don't know if we were or not, but yeah, that was – it must have been the f- one of the first dozen episodes we ever did. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was funny that I lost my memory card on this day because mm-hmm. there was a similar issue where the the digital recorder like the battery died or the memory card ran out and we lost the whole fucking interview. just to be
0: clear yeah just to be clear you fucked up it was um, a my which is, i think
1: the all the times that chris fucks up yeah yeah you know you don't know it because i clean it up but whenever i fuck up it's rare but it's catastrophic
0: it's catastrophic yeah I, I just i think the narrative of this podcast is that i'm the fuck up and i just want to be clear that i've never lost an episode
1: you're the fuck up but you only do baby sized fuck-ups.
0: Yeah, minor minor stuff. Minor stuff you can clean up with a paper towel. You don't need to pull out the dice, Dyson for my boo-boos.
1: And mine few and far between, but they move mountains. They move mountains.
0: But yeah, we're excited to have Will back back on the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm excited to just see what if he remembers what we talked about because I sure don't. He probably he probably has a little bit more of a memory just cuz he's you know he's not so close to it
0: no he's not so close to it i mean i remember him calling me out for a tweet i wrote about liking the grateful dead and wearing a rolex so hopefully he can bring that up hopefully hopefully he can he can bring that up again my stance has not changed
1: yeah the only people that listen to the grateful dead and wear Rolexes. The only people you're allowed to get away with it are, are uh, music managers or you know people in and around the EDM industry. <laughs> yeah. Or- otherwise, otherwise it's just a weird fit. It's off brand. It just doesn't click for me. What
0: about the guy? What what about the pizza guy in Altadena? Does he not get a pass?
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean that's a good question. I don't know if he has a Rolex, but uh, if he did, I wouldn't be shocked. And you re- you really are coming you're really coming for this man, aren't you?
0: No, I just think it's funny. I mean, if you're gonna look, that's how gonna...
1: much. I mean, that's how much the flavor of Grateful Dead on your tongue w- makes you wince.
0: Well, it's more that I really like pizza, and if you're going to spend a hundred racks on an oven with a dead logo, then you probably do have the the bust down Roly. I would imagine that you have both.
1: Okay, okay, none of that none of that sounds incorrect. Well, uh, let's give Will a zoomie and then we will get into it.
0: Don't flex on us with the Apple over ears, dog. That's that's too much sauce. Is that a
1: flex? Coming out of the gate early, Will Welch with the $17,000 <laughs> Apple headphones that are about the size of, you know, when you, see, when you go down to the Florida Everglades, they got one of those hovercraft devices kind of zipping around <laughs> yeah. on the surface. That's kind of what they are. And I'm sure the spatial audio must be kicking right
2: now. Am, am I wrong? I hear you in five dimensions, my friend.
0: <laughs> uh, that's perfect that yeah, you're gonna have to hang up <laughs> it's gonna be overwhelming i didn't
2: know that these weren't gonna get such a uh, hearty welcome
0: hearty welcome <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of i think the only other person that's had those is rostam yeah I-, I think who's a who's a professional musician and i know you consider yourself to be a super listener
1: <laughs> yeah but also chris I-, I mean i agree with will because as a as a loyal Bose noise-canceling mafia member that you are, Chris, this seems like a kind of a lateral step. Am I wrong, Will?
2: Uh, lateral from Bose.
1: If you're, I mean, but I'm saying if you're if you're dorky enough to wear the Bose over ear, this shouldn't be too far of a bridge to cross. It's
2: weird. Saying. It's weird to be um, getting uh, uh, poked and razzed for wearing cans by a guy <laughs> in a pair of cans that. I was not. I was I wasn't expecting any of this. I got to be real with Will. You, will, as you know,
1: as you know, not all cans are created equal, brother man. And that's not a. It's not an OnlyFans <laughs> reference that we will be calling back to later on in the show.
2: I do agree with that. i moved from Sennheisers to to these here. I must say,
0: you are a critical listener. I actually, <laughs> I. I I want the ones like the proper radio headphones that Jason has, like the Sony ones that are like $75 that like mm-hmm. all the real heads use. But I'm stuck with these uh, businessman special Bose over ear special murdered out edition, though. These are all black. You know, just uh, you probably can't yeah. tell.
1: Yeah, because most of the Bose headphones are usually mustard green and yellow <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. kind of baby yeah, exactly. blue periwinkle. It's weird. It's rare to see a pair of black ones
2: made to match NBA jerseys.
0: <laughs> yeah. The way that headphones have developed into like a a full on opportunity to flex is a very interesting place that we've we've gone in society cuz Jason was obviously during his DJ career, he was sponsored by Skull Candy, uh, which was I would say it's not true. I would say the dark, it's not true, and it's not the dark. Obvious. <laughs> I
1: took some meetings with them, sure, but nothing was <laughs> nothing was ever hammered out. You
0: did, you took meetings, but not checks. Yeah, why would you? Yeah, exactly. Why, but it's those were the dark days of headphones, and now we've graduated to where basically everybody's got a pretty nice pair, especially in New York when you're walking around. You know, it's it's kind of rare. To see someone without AirPods now.
2: Anything it's true that anything can be a lifestyle a lifestyle gesture or or a status signifier. I, I was blowing my mind the other day because I walked by a pickup truck that had a Yeti sticker on it. And I was like, let me get this straight. You've got a sticker on your truck that refers to your presumptive uh status cooler
0: yeah yeah yeah, i was like
2: wow i was like tumbling through (laughs) with like whoa Uh,
1: you know the yeti has become a status symbol as you know it has it's because there's a subculture behind it uh and and it's deeply rooted in classism and (laughs) you know you, you can cooler shame somebody
0: yeah absolutely will's not going to pull up with the broke boy igloo he's got the you know because my favorite my favorite yeti product is a they make a bucket <laughs> like a home depot style five gallon bucket they're supposed to fill with ice and then i imagine you know 24 uh but budweiser's but it's a it's a nice looking thing though that's the problem it is a nice looking product
2: i'm talking about any of this as though uh i'm above it but i i I fall for yeah, yeah. silly... Yeah, I, I have a whole litany of status signifiers, you know? And some of them signify amazing things and some of them signify terrible, stupid things.
1: Do you have an example off the top of your head of a, a city city folks Yeti for a fellow like you?
2: It's like what a modern life is full of. I was talking to one of our columnists today and we were we were talking about how our generation, I'm 40 years old, our generation and younger, if we want to signify like intention or alignment with anything, the first thing we do is spend money. Yeah,
0: no, you're absolutely or, right. Or
2: um, make a t-shirt about it or go buy a t-shirt about it. And mm-hmm. uh, it's tempting to make fun of that, but it's just, that's like the state of, that's the stage of capitalism that we're in. And I actually think it's uh, probably easier to just embrace it. And I think it's true of the younger generations too. You throw a little money at it and that means like you believe.
1: It's it's obvious to others visually, like the, the plague of people who are more likely to buy a band's t-shirt than to buy the album to listen to to celebrate it with the t-shirt you know it's not so much to buy yes. the thing you have to buy the thing that shows other people that you identify with the thing because we don't care about the art we just want friends
0: i think the, <laughs> well i think the biggest the biggest the biggest version of that is the is the tote bag i think that's the number one because i think that in new york especially where that's like a piece de resistance for every, everyone has a tote bag because you're walking around. I think it became like a
1: Chris. You don't think it's like a billboard, do you? For
0: like a person. I, I would, no, I, I
1: wouldn't go that far, but you know, because I mean, in New York, the whole city is a runway. You understand?
0: I do, I do, I do understand that, but I think that the, the, you know, it, it beyond signify, I think when it was like an NPR thing or a New Yorker thing, it was like, I'm not just, I'm not just smart. I want to let you know I'm smart, which is, I think, even more interesting than trying to let people know you're rich (laughs) because those are the two those are the only two things we want to we want to telegraph
1: you know it's either about money or it's about impressing the opposite sex or whoever you're trying to have sex you know like i want a smart ass chick to see my tote bag from the new yorker or the paris review or whatever and be like that person is somebody that i want to have sex with
2: these days these days it feels like the the wave is to like to mash together conflicting signifiers and just let people try to sort it out
0: you mean a high, you mean like a classic high low mix kind of
2: yeah or one thing that suggests you're talking about a curious flavor pairing i am yeah yeah <laughs> Okay. that that seems to be like what people are into these days rather than having all your signifiers lined up into a really cleanly articulated brand personal brand
0: yeah i think the younger generation i think that's like when we when the the backlash to to like how our generation for a while was, was making content that was kind of like perfect. Like everything was shot. Well, it was lit perfectly. It was really in line. It was like 4d quality. And now younger people want it to look like shit. It feels more authentic to them if it doesn't look good or if it's, it's like feels raw or kind of like, Mm. uh, you know, not super labored over. Um, and I think like brands are having a real, I think brands have a hard time wrapping their head around that because you know, it's, it's, the idea is that something is perfect when it leaves the door and that's not resonating in the same way it used to. True. Uh,
2: I have a question for you guys. So mm-hmm. I was talking to Sam Hine last night and he said that you guys are going on tour and I wanted to hear about the the pod tour.
0: <laughs> Look, it's a, it's a world tour with TJ, my man. Um, we are going to everything. It's a U.S. tour. It's a U.S. tour. It's um. Yeah, we signed a record deal with Jag Jaguar and we're putting Sick. out a a <laughs> du- we put out it we're putting out a double album with them. C- CD only. CD only double album and the tour is basically going to be classic kind of indie rock venues. Basically a Letterman style show, right? Like we do we do our thing, a guest comes out and then a band plays. Um is is the idea. So we're doing bowery ballroom which is actually sold out we're doing shubas in chicago we're doing the earl in atlanta independent in san francisco Mm -hmm. um so i i mean i don't i just think jason and i both come from like a music background so that approach seemed like the most fun and um i don't know if you have you ever been to like a live podcast before I have not. I I actually haven't either, Jason. Have you?
1: Um, I don't think so. But I've seen video and I've wa- you know listened to audio versions of it before. That's the issue that that we <laughs> the, never
0: the, never that in that person. We, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would I would never I listen pay. to That's crazy.
2: audio version of a live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's they're very they're two very different things. Hey, I trust you guys completely. This tour is going to be incredible. You've done your homework. Look, Will, Will. Okay, <laughs> look, Will. You know when you listen
1: to a Grateful Dead? What an operation! You know, a Grateful Dead studio album versus a live recorded from the board on the on the mini D on the mini CD they're two different entities aren't they the energy is different the crowd the pauses the improvisation it's about the notes that you don't play when you go on live well but what i've never
2: listened to is a taper <laughs> setting up his rig at the speaker of a stereo that's playing the
0: studio album which is that's that's more equivalent to what we're talking about you are thinking in
2: 5d audio of a live podcast to me sounds
0: well like- i think what well the the thing for us too and this is something i mean we have a lot of like strong opinions on this show obviously but the i just find that if somebody's going to pay 25 dollars to come see to come see us i want that experience to be singular like i don't want to record it i don't want to mm-hmm. i don't want to stream it i don't wanna video I want it to video it a I special
1: just, thing that lives at that time for those people in the room who are nice enough to buy tickets and we're not gonna. It's not gonna be
2: shared, except on Instagram stories, if all goes well. But yes, well
0: that's fine. Now that that's fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. We love we love engagement. To, High but to engagement go back to thing. what we
2: were talking about with our our tote
1: bag signaling to others a big part of or a big reason to go to a live concert or a live podcast is to meet like minded individuals, look at how other people who identify with you on this very specific thing, see how they talk and walk and dress and you know maybe you'll meet a new friend maybe you'll meet a new life partner whatever it is just to be around people that you have like a common shared interest in that's ultra specific you know
2: sounds like fun to me i can't wait to see the high, <laughs> can't wait to see what people are are doing in order to get backstage i mean it's is going to be it's
0: going to be like Motley Crew all over again. Exactly. It's fortunately it's going to be all bros, um but you know, we'll 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 make do with what we can. <laughs> they're going to be in, instead of flashing
1: the tits, they're going to be bribing Chris with a case of harmless harvest.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a coconut water bribe at the at the backstage door. Let me let me see how pink it is. Nah. Nah. You know, but you I mean, it's it's no different than what you're doing with the magazine, right? It's like bringing People together under one one roof is kind of the goal in, in a lot of ways. Like it, It's like, we all like this. We all subscribe to the magazine. Maybe we listen to Corporate Lunch. Maybe we do this. Maybe we do that. We follow these people on Instagram. It's it's all kind of the same idea. Chris, you're not saying it's an ecosystem. <coughs> I'm saying it's an ecosystem. I'm saying it's a... Well, I'm saying it's, it's like every brand, it's a community thing. That's what you really want, right? You want these people... Engaged, but I think that they them engaging with each other is almost as important as them engaging with you know you or the magazine or Instagram or whatever it may be.
2: Find your tribe. Absolutely, that would definitely be a sign of a
0: healthy ecosystem. That's for sure. (laughs) What you've done a good job at is assembling the right team to make that doable. There's a lot of a a lot of people working towards the same goal, uh, where it doesn't. It feels pretty like there's a lot of tentacles that are interesting versus just like one thing that you have to like latch onto. Tentacles.
2: Yeah, I would say that um, a clear vision or like well-articulated mission and then a bunch of interesting, surprising people who are all aligned with that vision, but doing it in their own very unique and hopefully kind of strange and surprising ways is, I definitely think that's the best model. Sure. And that's what, that. yeah, that's what we've tried to build it at GQ. And I think that's what we have built at GQ.
0: Do you remember the era, though, where it was like, I mean, you were working in publishing then for sure, when it was kind of like in the early, the early dawn of of social media that it was like, as an editor, you were basically told like, you need to, to like make this work. Like having a, having a social media presence is important for you succeeding at your job. Do you feel like that's true now or do you feel like that's something people do naturally because they have interesting things to say?
2: I mean, yeah, I was, um, I'd been a GQ for a while when social media came into existence and there was definitely never any hard pressure or even really any soft pressure for people to like focus on their social media accounts. So, I can, I can very easily imagine that happening at different media outlets or that being like, yeah, there being a period where that was super common. Um, but it wasn't the case at GQ at all. And I mean, we do some, there's definitely times when we're like, okay, there's this big story coming. And if you feel compelled to share it, that sure would be helpful. Cause we're really trying to like give this thing a big push because a lot of energy and resources and enthusiasm went into it so there's some i guess like marshalling of anyone who is interested getting into that debate of like uh how independent people's social media accounts are and all that stuff is just like Mm -hmm. very not interesting to me (laughs) and i i I can imagine being told (laughs) what to do on social media and just being like what
0: Absolutely not. It seems insane. Absolutely not.
1: Unless we add some zeros to that.
0: Yeah, of course. If it is sure. a big check, yeah, yeah that sure. changes things. Absolutely. Of I think that I also I wanted to enlighten our listeners on um like how things actually make it into a magazine. Sure. You know what I mean? So so like like I think that people know like, oh yeah, we pitched it. you know, it they kind of know the general idea of it all, but I think that like, for example, uh, I don't even know if this was in print necessarily, but the the Johnny Knoxville story, yeah, um, that you guys did, yeah, that was in print. Okay, that was in print. It was very very cool. Everything about it like hit. It was the right time, and and obviously he was promoting Jackass, et cetera. But like something like that did that instantly hit for you, or was it like oh maybe let's see what we can do, or or, or was that did you is that something you instantly thought like this will be successful? This is a great GQ story.
2: Sure. So. Um Sam Shuby, who ended up writing the piece many months later, pitched it. I think it was um, his initial pitch. It was like months and months ago. He was like, I guess it's the 20th anniversary of Jackass is like, at the time he was saying next year, and maybe we can like get all the voices, voices (laughs) together into an oral history of Jackass. And I was like, that is so fascinating. And there was actually a kind of funny internal logic to why I was like immediately very supportive of that idea which is that my predecessor as editor in chief of USGQ Jim Nelson his first cover was Johnny Knoxville when he became editor in chief and it was a clear signal away from like the way back Art Cooper yeah GQ that this new guy this with a kind of like renegade spirit was going to put the jackass guy on the cover of GQ like people's brains exploding and it's it's a fantastic cover the image is great it's it's a really good cover and it was yeah my predecessors his statement of a new direction for gq and then obviously the environment has changed a lot and now jackass was representative of a very different and now quite dated idea of like what's funny idea of masculinity and like one of the overarching themes of GQ since I be, in the U.S. since I became editor um, has been this idea of the new masculinity and trying to again like totally revise people's conception of of what's masculine and, and evolve that conversation and so the idea to go back to the once like groundbreaking cover star and then to show how now jackass is kind of an uncomfortable fit in our new era was like instantly enticing and then i think sam like explored doing that story i was like yeah green lights all the way he explored doing that story it didn't totally get off the ground for a variety of reasons and then it evolved into a profile just of johnny knoxville rather than an oral history of the whole crew that would be kind of we wanted to go early before it really became like full on jackass publicity campaign season. And, and we were able to do that and yeah, just got a great piece that was fun and funny and full of pathos. And then also like very, very, very well read. And Johnny Knoxville has the gray hair, which is like, the perfect metaphor for the whole thing that i'm describing
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> no you're you're absolutely i mean he looks great actually like he looks really yeah. cool and and teats made him look really cool in the clothes and like it was it was great but i do think that to me in a lot of ways was like a perfect gq story right like it had it had it's it's four people our age that like lived through that but i think that jackass is big enough where young people are still interested in what that means and like why it's relevant again or like why why they should be interested again but I, I personally can't wait to see Jackass 4. Really? I don't know about you guys. but <laughs> um, uh, uh, It's
2: not like at the top of my fall priority list, but I, I respect where you're coming from.
0: I don't, also don't think like a lot of them need the money. You know what I mean? So it's uh, like, are you guys just doing yeah, pretty it? Much
2: all
1: of them except for Johnny Knoxville probably need the money.
0: Yeah, yeah but guess who's making all the money? it's definitely johnny knoxville
1: they'll take a 50 50 grand check if, if it's coming to them
0: that's true that's but yeah point. but
1: i think it was such a part of our life and our teen years our formative years that uh, us as adults who can afford a movie ticket it's almost our duty to go watch jackass it's like going it's like going yeah, to yeah, a, a yeah. memorial service <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. as powerful as the final hangover wow yeah. finally put that thing to bed <laughs>
0: Wow. <laughs> it's like watching him bury your dad. Yeah, Jason's a, Jason's kind of a cinephile if you can't tell. He considers himself the, the Siskel and Ebert of this podcast. So big movie buff, Will. There's not much, there's not much room for me, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that. I love that story a lot. And I think that um, it kind of encompassed in a lot of ways what you guys are, are trying to do. And I'm glad that people read it because, you know, you never know. Ob- obviously, you hope, but you, you never know when you when you put things out. into the yeah,
2: world. Yeah, each every day is a new day on the Internet. You really never know what people are going to go for. But that is occasionally frustrating, but mostly like exciting and drives us to do all kinds of weird different shit all the time.
0: We talk about that a lot. Because I think good or bad, things are basically over in 24 hours. Maybe you got 40. Totally. You know, if, if it's something exceptional. Dude, you really pound that water with, like, vigorous thunder.
2: <laughs> good
0: God almighty. I'm like. Look, you look pretty good for 40, but you could look a little better if you sucked one of these down every day. I'm just telling I you. I just don't do it with quite quite the same aggression
2: but i guess you know i'm not going to be the first one at the jackass movie (laughs) this is more of a
0: he's
1: he's more of an alpha type a kind of energy compared to i don't yeah
0: i don't i don't i don't know what your gym flow is like if if joe holder's taking you out for the little runs or whatever (laughs) but some of us we're kind of on our bodybuilder swag so it's a little it's we have to do this
2: i'm i am behind yeah i'm behind you on that
1: will what kind of drinking glass were you were you producing it just a moment ago? It looked like it had a design on it of some sort.
2: I believe this is a Ren and Stimpy situation. <laughs> you believe it's, a, it's literally a,
1: a glass in the entire top to bottom side to side is Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Um, are you, are you a member of Ren and Stimpy hive?
2: I'm not. I, that's why I said, I believe because I actually wasn't totally positive and I can't tell you if this oh, is Ren what? or Stimpy, but um, I'm in a house that is not my own. And this is the, this is the glassware, and um, got
1: it, got it, got it. You got my hopes up. That's all.
2: I, I've now learned through Chris that uh, you know one doesn't need glassware at all. You can just take it right to the face, <laughs>
0: straight out of the plastic. Well, because a lot of people, you know, I could measure it out, you know, and and like, but that requires thinking, which is something I'm not really big on. <laughs> so I kind of like to, I kind of like to just grab the jug, mm-hmm. and when I finish it, I know I have drank a gallon of water, and then I'm on to the next next task for my day. There, but but the. We were talking about the speed... Of things, doing things that are going to live online versus doing things you're going to live in the magazine with that speed of, of, of things like top of mind. Does that like affect your thinking? Do you guys know the the magazine 32 C? Of course. Shout out to Big Yorg. Jason's only competition size wise. We need to get them on a, on the court. I'll
2: kick his ass. Yor- Yorg is the man. Um, <laughs> Not for long. Yorg runs the the second best magazine on planet Earth, and um, <laughs> um, they they had this one. Wonderful piece called the the Big Flat. Now they do these kind of like thought provoking dossier style like research like uh, kind of cultural theorizing pieces, and I thought that one was really cool. And it is very relevant to the online world where everything. Uh, even like just comparing GQ and print to GQ.com. So there are all these structures inherent to the way a print magazine works, where you're able to signal different emphases and like do different dynamic things. There's the cover, there's the feature. Well, there's the front of book. And then when you put things out online, every story, um, I was just talking about this uh, uh, on a, on a team meeting earlier today, every story gets like a head and a deck and there's the little place where the writer's byline goes And then there's the piece and then it goes out in a tweet and all of those things are completely flat, right? You can't really, there's no baked in way to the format or the structure to say this is a really important story or this is like a really quick, we we spent six months on this story or somebody wrote this in 60 minutes this morning. (laughs) It all goes out in a flat way. And the big flat now is a much grander idea than that, but it is about the way Screens and digital platforms just kind of flatten everything. And that's why I was saying this is a crap shoot in content land every morning. No matter what you're planning, no matter what you have in mind, no matter how hard you worked or how brilliant of a thing you have, you just got to like start floating those tweets out there, get it up on Facebook.
0: You're telling me, baby.
2: This is, I think about this on our cover shoots all the time. Like you just made a horizontal photo. Good for you, does it crop seamlessly to a vertical otherwise it's worthless on Instagram mm-hmm.
0: this shit is wild well you're you're, li- you're literally stifling artists with even just saying that sentence it hurts my heart but I understand you, you, we have to be able to use this we have to be able to use this stuff properly I mean
2: if I'm stifling artists by talking about the fact that that an iPhone is is vertically oriented then uh, call- <laughs>
0: I'll take that up. I'll take that up with Steve jobs himself. Don't worry. But I, I think that the optimization is key. So basically it's like, everything is the same.
2: Everything has to get shoved through the same pipeline. And that is a tricky situation. But then the flip side of that is I do, I do feel really encouraged that because of social media, um, good things generally get found. Like, You know, you guys, after all of this incredible deep research that you've been doing on how to fine tune (laughs) a live podcast tour, you're sold out at the Bowery Ballroom. The cream, my friends, it rises to the top.
0: That's right. Thank
2: God. A great story, a great story or um, a great shoot does seem to like get found and get passed around. So there's like some hope for what we do.
0: Something we talk about a lot, too, is like fan culture and how that drives things online to the point where it's, like, scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but like, I think that, you know, I, I mean, you guys aren't putting Nicki Minaj on the cover, or maybe you are, but I, I think that the images specifically can go so crazy because of this fan culture. Like, if I see a picture of Brad Pitt, I'm like, oh, this is great. They killed this. This is amazing. Maybe I share it. But, like, that real tale that's insane is, like, the lunatics that have Brad Pitt fan sites. Yeah. And that's something you cannot replicate in a magazine. That is only, that's a very online existence. The Brad, Brad
1: selectuals, <laughs>
0: <The> Brad selectuals.
2: <laughs> but the thing that um, I think about more these days is like, okay, let's say that you tap into the right celebrity hive and you can like, you know, get your most liked Instagram post in GQ history because of that. Ultimately, given what we're planning for the future of GQ, I mean, the present and what we're building towards increasingly in the future is like actually somebody who loves Nicki Minaj, but doesn't give a shit about anything else that GQ does coming and helping that photo get all those likes ultimately doesn't help me that much. I'm, I'm trying. No, definitely not. I know that Jason was kidding earlier when he was like, it sounds like you're talking about an ecosystem, but like, ultimately what we're trying to do is is sure we'll take like huge swarms of readers because there's an awesome cover or something but ultimately what you're trying to do is build um an audience full of people uh, to your point chris that feel more like a community and who will come back for stuff and and pay for things as long as they're confident that you're going to over deliver like for instance the gq socks that i think went on
0: our shop today you know
2: (laughs) it's like if you're not buying a pair (laughs) of socks like i don't
0: know i appreciate a merchandise opportunity obviously we're we're big proponents of that over here but i mean i also feel like you guys didn't really you you didn't succumb to the great pivot to video which I, which I feel like is a, is a feather in your cap. And I don't know if that was on purpose or if I'm missing something, but is that, is that something you, you deem to be true?
2: Uh, I would say that we have been grinding it out on video and, and steadily building on video. But what a pivot su-
0: instead of jumping. what a
2: pivot suggests is that you like dropped everything that the brand has ever meant to try to like to catch this monster wave even if you don't really know anything about that. So we've just been yeah. yeah, we've just been grinding it out and growing. Grinding and growing. That seems to be working for us. You know, our video business is huge.
0: We're we're grinding, we're a grind and grow podcast so we understand. So yeah. you,
1: are you are you guys hitting bone appetit level video numbers? Is that what we're talking about?
0: Well, I think
2: our YouTube has uh 5-6 million subscribers. It's okay. nothing to shake a stick at TJ. It's YouTube. The scale is enormous, but it's um that's not
0: small. The scale is true. The scale is truly the fucked scale up. Is the scale is why YouTube scale yeah. is, tr- is, is truly fucked yeah. up. Cause I mean, I think that's a big thing for podcasting as well is that a lot of people like you got to get on YouTube, you know, you got to have clips and I'm just like not interested in that, but that's literally how you move the needle. Maybe the most Yeah. It is if you can, if you can hit the algorithm and, and figure out how that stuff works, like that will, you will grow exponentially over, over drink champs, baby. What, what kind of podcasts are you listening to? um he just told you that's it well that's what made me think of it. i
1: watched a drink champs video recently and it was just them in a room and it was like a very big cavernous room it almost felt like they were recording it in like a high school basketball gymnasium the audio quality was abysmal <laughs> and it was just them just bullshitting for two hours i'm like when are these guys gonna get drunk and start letting some shit fly and it just kind of never really did it for me but but you need you need the, that moment every episode that we do a podcast. There's going to be a three minute run where somebody says a great point, a funny, a joke is made or whatever, and then you want that to be captured on YouTube somehow and shared, and you know then people come into your ecosystem. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why Chris and I have an aversion to that, but I I, I like not being on YouTube. Curious. I'm an file. do you
0: watch but do you watch podcasts or do you listen, or do you listen to them
2: i threw out drink champs because i think of, of them recently as the ones who like uh, or, or breakfast club is the other one where they're making audio but they yeah. just record it and put it online and it really works um
0: yeah totally i,
2: mm-hmm. I think the only podcast i've ever watched besides um some clips was I watched the full camera on, on Drink Champs.
1: I'm sorry for your recent loss, by the way.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> fine. It's not um yeah, it's not really like that.
1: Whatever you gotta tell yourself, Will. Whatever you gotta tell yourself. Okay.
2: All right, thanks. <laughs> um And then and my podcast listening is fairly sparse.
1: Not a fan of the medium.
2: I'm really committed to the um <laughs> fully fully deeply committed to the ramdas podcast and that's like that's the main one.
0: Oh, walk oh let's go walk us through a ramdas podcast episode Wait, didn't
1: he pass away recently
0: he did yeah he did
1: how's this motherfucker still podcasting he's good
0: uh, they, they got a
2: there's a vault man there's a, they vault. Had a couple episodes there's they had a, a couple vault.
1: episodes banked in case of posthumous release schedule
0: that's interesting
1: no ram ramdas is lit he's he's a Truly a master. I've never listened to his podcast, though. You recommend it, you said?
2: The
0: podcast is
2: just historical tapes of the lectures going back to the 60s. And I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's the most amazing thing in the world. You can just, there's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of him, uh, you know, mostly improvisationally just giving talks off dome, cameron style.
0: That's actually an interesting use of the podcast medium though to take something like that is it it exists and cut it up and put it into this format so more people can discover it Mm -hmm. it seems like a really good use of those those tapes sitting around
2: yeah totally i mean one interesting thing about ramdas uh is that he has always been kind of like very media savvy because in the he went on a radio show of this guy who now goes by the or has for decades gone by the name ragu marcus um and they became friends and then Raghu Marcus essentially went and started working for Ram and and ran his foundation. And Raghu Marcus was a a radio host and super media savvy.
1: Raghu in the morning, 98.3. Exactly.
2: The hot car Um, (laughs) fun check-in. But so they were, they were taping all the lectures and then they were making records. They were making books. They were very early on the internet. They were very early to taking all these tapes and making it, putting them up in podcast form. Um, And it just goes on and on and on. And yeah, it's interesting the way that like, you know, a guy who's basically a spiritual teacher and at various points in his life, like a renunciate always had by his side, a, a, like yeah, yeah. a very prudent, shrewd jack of all media, just making sure that the message was getting on all these platforms as they evolved. And that's why I know who he is, you know. This is this is like a really um relevant challenge for this era of being at a brand that is historically a print magazine is if you're not evolving to put your best shit on the platform where everybody is then you're
0: like fading away at best and dying at, at worst. No, I mean I I think that watching like like Monocle never did it. Fantastic man still doesn't really do it. You know, they have like things here or there and it's, it's a little bit, I mean, Monocle, I thought it was funny cause he was like against it. Like I'm going to start a 24 hour radio network instead of building a website, right. which is like <laughs> wild boy shit. Yeah. And I think it like, I think it can work. If you have that audience, it's growing the audience that will be the challenge. Like, I think you can get people to lock into that if they think that's the way it should be done. But the growth, I, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. that that's the challenge.
1: Yeah. you got to hire young people.
0: When GQ starts throwing the the GQ conference in in you know Stuttgart, uh, and it's you know thirty thousand dollars ahead to to mingle with some Financial Times editors, then <laughs> then I'll know that you've lost. Then I'll know that you've lost the plot. Yeah, you know, then I'll be I'll have to check in. I have to You're check. Talking in.
2: about QCon <laughs> and, and, yeah, how, no, I mean, and how 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 will you react next week when you see me dancing on TikTok with a, a stylish fit on
0: <laughs> the GQ TikTok presence i'm sure is 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 there and i i would love to know more about it unfortunately i will not look into that uh (laughs) i I have i have i don't know about you i'm sure you're more aware because you have to be but jason and i have both successfully avoided tiktok which is a point of pride at this point
1: yeah walk us through some of your tiktoks will (laughs)
2: uh yeah i mean gq is on tiktok i am not uh What's good is just like little funny, weird moments that seem to be, you know, among the many things that go viral on TikTok. And luckily,
0: mm-hmm.
2: in the course of us doing the thing that we do and making cover stories and videos and all that, there's a lot of that lying around.
0: So you have it, yeah, you have it lying around. I mean, I I get sent videos a lot to check out, you know, but it l- luckily you can view them without having to to sign up. Uh, because I'm, I'm not only, I'm more afraid than yeah. anything else. Like I don't, I, I, like I don't, it's like the undercurrent. I don't want to get sucked in. And, and i'm i'm no i'm susceptible to it yeah. he's
1: been bitten by the internet snake before
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have. now he's twice, yeah, shy. I have. twice shy i have exactly
1: i, w- I w- was i reading correctly that you guys opened a bar recently the gq bar like a drinking establishment not like a cardio bar
2: yeah that, that's right there's a there's a new gq bar in bodrum and turkey
1: okay turkey
0: yeah what
1: what the? What
0: the <laughs> really? That's sick. I saw a what, photo of it. What, what, it looks pretty this, wild. Is this just global expansion?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, big global brand. <laughs> Did you have any? Yeah, course, did you have any
1: piece of this action, or was this something that's sort of outside of your jurisdiction? I don't have
2: like points on the financials of it. Um, <laughs> no, no,
1: I wasn't talking about points. But like, did were you consulted in any of this, or was it just like somebody piece built of the a action bar? Are you
2: talking about? If you're talking about like seeing design plans before they were built, I had a piece, but I don't call that the action.
1: Okay, well, that's <laughs> well, I mean, no. that's, that's potentially more than one would assume. You know?
0: Yes. I didn't know if you were pushing you know, pushing your Mezcal brand to be excluded in the cocktail <laughs> list. You know? You know, at, a, know. at a
1: certain point Halston isn't touching everything on the JCPenney collection, so I just wasn't sure how <laughs> how in deep in deep you were going,
2: you know?
0: But the new the new so the new reshuffle makes you you're the big boss globally. Is that the deal? <laughs>
2: that that is the deal, yes. I'm the global editorial
0: director. That's a big that's a big ass title, Jason. You hear that? So that's that's above editor in chief.
2: Yes, it, it is. For the sort of like uh, editor, moving away from the editor in chief title. I see. It's a problematic title. For the GQs that are wholly owned by Conan asked.
0: Yeah. So do you So do you deal with, so does that mean that you are now um, a lot busier <laughs> because you're dealing dealing with wild ass time zones and shit? It
2: does, yeah. The mornings start really early, um, you know, especially calls with like India, Japan, China taiwan
1: luckily turkey wakes up a little bit later
2: a little bit later it's
0: true they're hung up they're hung over they're hung over
2: the when being in la (laughs) being in la is tricky because um the time zones get even more extreme in los angeles so i've been recalibrating for that when i'm in la oh it's turned up Um, but yeah it's early mornings it's early mornings but that's okay with me what time you going to bed at will it really ranges as early as 9.30, and I think last night I went to bed at 1. 1
0: o'clock? Yeah.
1: Call of Duty? Call of Duty sesh took you out? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, he's <laughs> up late. He's up late on the PS2 again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yes. <laughs> okay, okay. So you're
2: getting more more or less, you're getting enough
0: sleep. Not
1: over
2: and Instimpy... Um, hive person and i'm not a gamer either
1: we, we didn't we did not suspect you to be but the clarification was was needed you yeah. never know so are you in la right now i'm not
2: no i'm on the east coast Okay. okay
1: undisclosed location but you are out in la a decent amount then
2: quite a bit i mean everything changed obviously this is going to get, this is very boring, but everything changed
0: during COVID. But mm-hmm.
2: prior to COVID, I was probably in LA twice a
0: month. Oh, you, oh, I didn't realize you were in that much. Cause you're going, you're in the, you're in the office though, right? You're holding it down at the tower. Oh yeah. See, I like that. I like Absolutely. that about you. Cause I, I honestly think, man, I, I think that like, I just think that shit is going to come roaring back. I have a, I, I talk about all the time. I have a big theory that the office is going to, people are going to be desperate for the office.
1: Chris has been dumping a lot of money into WeWork. yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) smart man feels it coming
0: i put a lot of my personal fortune into WeWork, so i'm I'm really pushing this ahead but no i think that the brilliant I, i i just think that like being able to do something remotely is different than being able to do something well does that make sense like i think it's like being able to pull it off is not the same as being able to do it like more efficiently yeah and i i just feel like that that's something that people are going to and i also think I'm just like a face-to-face kind of cat. Like I, I prefer that.
1: You know, is that a dying thing that we're going to have to adjust to? That's just a boomer mentality that's now gone, or and people who try to fight back like Chris Black are going to be stoned and stoned
2: in public. Uh, no, I'm I think it's talking about it's, it's going to be a rebalancing. But... Like obviously, we have unlocked all kinds of new tools and capabilities with just getting fully thrown into the deep end on doing everything remotely and over zoom and so on and you know we had to figure that out completely There were we made issues of gq where you could not gather anybody for any photo shoots and you're like okay how do we how do we still make the thing that we make if you have both hands tied behind your back and your feet tied together and yeah, cool. that was like exciting awesome creative challenge and now we know how to use Zoom like all the time you imagine like some meeting that you don't really need to be at in person. We now know. And even if it was like I was in New York and it was in New York and you would spend 45 minutes, like, commuting back and forth to them like all of that stuff has changed and changed forever i do think the office has been changed forever and that if you're trying to pretend it hasn't that is a bit of like a boomer mentality thing but i also Uh, think that like there's a real (laughs) desire for human connection and collaboration and a lot of us myself included chris um declared his allegiance is like yeah i want to like be around people sometimes
1: just me three white guys with tattoos a dry erase board who's picking up lunch let's get this thing done
2: <laughs> blue skies let's
0: get it done blue baby. Skies. <laughs> <laughs> but i but i i do i i do think there's like a, a speci- specifically with like photography it's like it really does take an army and like that energy just cannot be recreated yeah. like if there's t- if there's 20 people on set there's like a feeling that comes with that that, that, that just i think sometimes takes away but more often than not adds to the the environment and the whole process Mm -hmm. you know yeah
1: sometimes your crew can become your family
0: (laughs) that's true sometimes the crew can become your family that's a great point jason
2: i've seen it firsthand (laughs) yeah being on at photo shoots was one of the like one of the things i missed the most when we were in deep deep quarantine
1: big crafty guy
2: what's that
0: yeah he loves crafty i
2: guess
1: sure oats and honey bar what's going on i had to scan i had to
2: scan that claim quickly and it like it checked out yeah sure <laughs> big crafty out. Guy.
1: <laughs> are you are you worried as, as a global editor are you are you more cautious about things that you're saying publicly or have you received any media training or are you are you still uh, approaching social life public content creation as you were beforehand
2: Uh, approaching it as essentially as I was beforehand. I mean, I think there's an element of like evolving the way one thinks and talks and comports oneself. That is just a matter of like evolving generally. So that's really important to me. And there doesn't have to be like, um, different. Public and private personas and stuff like that. If you're doing it right,
0: must be wow, well, must be nice. Cause I got there's two Chris's, <laughs> and, and you know, the, the, public can, the public can only get one. And, and luckily, Jason gets to see both. That's why we have such a close relationship. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a very close, similar to like Ike and Tina, like their kind of
2: relationship. <laughs> That's kind of what yeah, we yeah. Have. Exactly. yeah, exactly. Wait, can I yeah, can I say exactly. something really that's quick? Kinda... Can I say something really quick? Of course. I also I also just scan this and I'm like, are these guys just going to think I'm such a fucking I'm not going to um I'm not going to get dragged on the internet. I might just seem like a cornball, but there uh because I brought up Ramdas earlier, there is, there is this idea that that all thoughts, words and actions are offerings to God, right? And that was kind okay. of a life-changing concept to me because this is just a small side effect of it, but you don't have to like behave differently around a hot mic. Yeah. If yeah, yeah. The way you're, li- if the way you're living your life is that all thoughts, words and actions are an offering to God.
0: Do you mean God in a literal sense? Or do you mean like a higher power?
2: Well, I don't have a, I don't have a sheepishness around the term God, but I wouldn't, um, my, yeah. the God that I consider God is probably different from what somebody might assume sure. if they were, uh, or, or whatever, but I don't like that. Doesn't, Worrying that somebody's going mis- to misinterpret what I mean when I say God doesn't stop me from saying it, I guess.
0: Oh no, no, I, I'm asking personally. Yeah. I, I just think because as as two Southern men yeah. here, I don't I don't know how you. I was just raised in a Baptist household yeah. and rebelled against that pretty strongly. Sick the God stuff, and this has to do with like recovery shit too. It's art it's like kind of hard for me to comp- comprehend. Like it's yeah. kind of like that isn't that I think of that as like a negative thing. Yeah. Um, and I've evolved, I've gotten away from that and like, understand that like, obviously people believe in things they believe in because it does something for them. And, and that is a positive thing, but I, I think it's, it's, I just think it's hard baked into me to like react when I hear it, when I hear that. word.
2: I, I completely relate to that. There was like a stretch of many, many years where I would not have casually and non-specifically said God out of fear of what people might yeah. assume I was talking about, and I definitely, when I say it, I'm not talking about, I, I, I was like the rare Southern Catholic.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that existed. I didn't know we had yeah.
2: uh, <laughs> kids on the playground. used to be like, is that Christian? because <laughs> um, there just aren't Catholics in the south really but anyway yeah what there were many years of my life where i wanted to make sure i'm not talking about that
0: mm-hmm. um but now yeah, yeah it's whatever i, I but I, I think you make a i think you make a good point and i think that for us as people who talk a lot and and that's a good approach
1: well chris i think this is, this should come easy for you chris if you have a hard time kind of putting a face or a name or an object to god just consider yourself to be the god, you know, like, I see, <laughs> like, like, like
0: Charlemagne himself, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, see just what the, we're going the to the deepest,
1: do. darkest version of you, is this something that you really want to put your name on, is this something that is, you believe needs to be put out into the world, it's worth mentioning publicly, it could help somebody, it could make somebody laugh, whatever it is, you know, that's, that seems yeah. like a decent rule of thumb to start, before you start picking up the good book. Jason, we
2: don't know each other well, but from what I can gather, um, you feel closest to God when you're getting a joke off. Is that fair? (laughs) Yes. You're goddamn right. Pardon the pun. Jason is serving a higher power, and that higher power is, I'm going to get this joke off, and if it lands... I'm right there. I'm in lockstep.
0: Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, Will, Jason does have editing power of this podcast, so his jokes tend to land pretty good <laughs> in the finished product if you know if you if you know what I'm but saying. But much
1: like God, the way he controls our oceans tides, all uh, raising tides <laughs> hey, of boats,
0: Chris. Yeah, I love raising the tides.
1: So that means, you know, that means if I can edit myself to be funnier, I will also edit will and chris to sound equally funny
0: that is that is a positive that is generosity i I mean
1: obviously i can only do so much with what you guys give me the raw product you know it's true you know if i'm gonna make a milkshake it's only as good as as the the scoop of vanilla that i have to work with
0: absolutely i'm i'm gonna take this to this the the rom das learnings to heart though i think it's pretty interesting and i'm not i mean i'm familiar to some extent and i know that you I, i knew that about you that you're a big head and i think i could probably learn a few things
2: and Chris, I don't mean to sound like prescriptive or like a, what I'm telling you to do. This is that. This, no, no, this no. is actually what I did with that. For some reason, I heard that in a lecture on the Ram Dass podcast. It stuck with me. All thoughts, words, and actions are an offering to God, and I started by like, let me let me see how I can do with that for one week. Like, let me just see how that goes.
0: Yeah, this is some. This is just some one day at a time shit. Absolutely, it really is. it's like, absolutely it's like, so thoughts, yeah, I mean, words, and
1: actions. So that means no what stuff did you have to remove or edit other than pornography of course
2: it doesn't mandate anything because again it depends on what definition of God you're working with it's not like um mm. it's not like the sins of the bible are the the mm. laws that play here or the backboard got it, got it, got the it. backboard against which're against which we're pushing
1: so if, so if my god thinks that doing ketamine is okay then that <laughs> means it's okay with me
0: exactly that's exactly what it means yeah
2: I mean ramdas did more acid than
0: mind expansion but no i mean i i uh i think that there is some um i, I think that when you start to look at stuff like that it's it's i think also we all instinctually know what's bad and good for ourselves in in most 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 of the time mm-hmm. and and we all we all do things that are bad uh because maybe there's not consequences that are immediate
2: and part of all we're trying to do is to like wake up and be able to look at ourselves objectively and get out of this like totally you know totally solipsistic way of living life where everything runs through you and you're the arbiter of everything good bad cool indifferent or other and to just be able to look at our own thoughts like objectively instead of just like being in our own thoughts at all times as though that is like Mm. the very capital t truth itself the end all the end -all, all
1: And i found that drugs really do help with that you know, not to be you know cl- cliche. No, they do for they sure. They do, yeah. For they sure.
2: do, and then they,
0: yeah, and then other sure. stuff happens too. And then they don't. <laughs> and then they don't. Yeah. And then they don't. All you
2: have to do is make
1: sure you don't abuse the drugs, guys. Come on, it's not that hard. Well, this
0: is this is my growth. The, my my growth in the last five years has been me understanding that things aren't f- like things can be good and exist, and I don't like them because they're not for me Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean like there was a point in my life where i was like that's fucking stupid that's so fucking whack blah 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 but it's like chris like that's just not for you like your opinion on Billy Eilish doesn't matter because that music is not for you. You can give your opinion, but you have to understand that that is not
1: the Marvel DC universe is not for you, Chris.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, and once, once you, once you realize that life is much easier, I I, it's, it's, and even though I'm still opinionated and want to give my opinion, I, I don't, there's no vitriol there. Like there once was, it's, it's more like, that
2: sounds to me like a different way of kind of like shedding that, that, Like completely solipsistic. I'm at the center of everything way of living. You know what I mean? It's the same. Same outcome.
0: Well, it's also. I mean, it's there's there's also. I mean, it's hard to an extent when you do something that is about yourself, kind of, which is what this show is. Sometimes, you know, to, to separate that, like that. That's what oh, I thought come I here thought for. today
2: was about me. It's about you. Guys? Oh no,
0: oh no, sweetie, it's always about us. You're just a, you're just a guest star. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's not. I did, I did I have this thought. I
2: did have this thought because um, obviously I am a journalist, and I was genuinely curious to ask you guys about your tour and i was like it would be so sick to go on the pod and just filibuster the whole thing by asking them questions the whole time not say one thing about myself put the headphones down and like go back to my little many my people little have remote thought about setup.
1: many people have considered that or thought about it but no one's had the cojones to actually pull it off Will, you want to you got a couple to pull it off you got a couple fastballs you want to fire that cross home plate
2: <laughs> do i want to fire some fastballs at you guys <laughs> that's right
0: well i find with journalists like even I, I was playing tennis yep. with Rosecrans Baldwin's, who, who was on the show and that's how we met. And I had this experience with Joe Coscarelli. I've had this experience with Nomi Fry, where it's like you're in this conversation and then I realize that there, it's basically an interview. Yeah. Like they're just, they're getting, and it's like, it's, it's so easy for them and they're so good at it and it feels so natural. And that's why those people are so good at their jobs. But like, I'll tell them anything. We'll talk you
1: right out of your J crew boxers, won't they? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You can, yeah. You could ask me what my social, my social security number, my mom's maiden name is, and I'm fucking writing it down for you before I leave the tennis court. It's a, it's a very powerful thing that I think it takes a long time to learn. I think it takes a long time to perfect that.
2: Yeah. If you can do the ones, the people who can do it seamlessly. Yeah
0: absolutely that's the that's the trick yeah that's totally the trick yeah but if you look if 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 you want to ask us some questions you can email those over later we'll we'll have our pre, our PR person review those and we'll let you know if we're going to be able to do that
2: maybe we'll do a um, co-branded corporate
0: lunch episode mm. Ooh. A, i would love a a, cor- a corporate lunch how long on? because I, I haven't been on in a long time and jason's never been on i think the time we're going to be actually
1: out in new york sooner than later maybe we can come by come by a 30 yeah. rock and kick the tires <laughs> yeah. you, you
2: can you can swing by zoom and we can all chop it up
0: <laughs> exactly yeah we'll swing by just just give me the zoom addy but i did before we go will are 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 you attending the met gala and what are you wearing we want the exclusive
2: yeah i am attending the met gala and i'm not gonna say let's go baby I, i'm not gonna say
0: congratulations oh,
2: thank you i <laughs> um i'm not gonna say what i'm wearing not because i think anybody cares that much but just because uh it'll be more fun for me if i don't say it ahead of time
1: can you give us a hint is it couture is it runway one of a kind oscar de la renta again are you where where are we going
2: (laughs) de la renta again (laughs) again
0: one trick pony this guy um okay well uh will thank you (laughs) thank you for joining us it's a pleasure as always um and people can find you on twitter and instagram is it at will welch at will welch that's easy
2: thanks guys i laughed early i laughed often jason you were very close to god a lot today great work (laughs) chris you have inspired me with your hydration and not only the hydration itself but the aggression with which you um Embrace it.
0: So I don't. I don't want anyone to tell you differently. The vessel in which, with which you hydrate, is important to success. And I think that's the that's the major takeaway for you today. If
1: we want to get a Joe Rogan Spotify deal, we got to start. Drinking our water, as if
2: Joe Rogan might.
0: Exactly. That's it's, like a goddamn gorilla. It's manifesting. It's manifesting is what I'm doing. It's not even. It's not even just hydrating. As far as
2: I can tell, you guys are on your way.
0: Thank you. Yeah, and check out check out GQ magazine wherever you buy magazines. GQ.com is the website. you
2: Find yourself
1: in Turkey. Swing by the GQ bar. Do it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah if you're in Bodrum this summer, <laughs> Will gets a little taste of that. The, the, the Will Welch Mezcal <laughs> cocktail. It's on the menu there. You have to ask. You have to ask for it. But they they know what it is. They know what it is.
2: Yeah. It's a warm you guys, now it's a mocktail, but don't worry about it.
0: We'll see you later, Will. Thank you. All right, guys.
1: That lad, you've got to laugh. What else can you do?